Hi, I'm George. I'm Dan. I'm Rick. And And we are Queer Magnolias, the podcast. Each episode, we're going to talk about what it was like growing up gay in the South. The trials and the tribulations. The joy and the struggle. And more importantly, how we became who we are today. Oh, honey, queer and fabulous. So come on in, y'all, and get comfortable, Shug. Kick off your shoes and sit a spell. And at the end of each episode, we're going to meet up out on the front porch for my favorite part of the podcast, Happy Happy Hour. So join us for an all-you-can-eat buffet of cutting up, foolishness, and carrying on. Always served with a heaping helping of sass. And that's a Queer Magnolia's Guarantee. Yeehaw! Y'all ready for some a-picking and a-grinning? Whoa, Nelly. Mm-hmm. It's time to hoot and holler to the hoedown. Who's down? Because this week we're going country music. All in. <laughs> Our magnolias are going to serenade us like the coo of a dove on a Sunday morning. Well, my Sunday mornings are usually hungover. No, nobody want to hear that. <laughs> With their favorite country music songs. It's an episode that is sure to warm your hearts or sour your britches. Ew, Jake. <laughs> Nasty. Okay, magnolias, let me hear that twang. Now, 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 now. We've <laughs> <laughs> got real deliverance in here all of a sudden. Louis <laughs> up picking and a grinning already. Sweet. Roy Clark and <laughs> Buck Owens. Thank Buck you. Roos, Thank baby. you. Yes. <laughs> a Bakersfield, California institution. See? <laughs> well, have mercy. Now, we're back to my youth again if we're going to talk about country music. My stars. Mm-mm. Okay, we'll dive in, girl. Well, why not? <laughs> are we going to talk about country music? We are. We are. That's <laughs> right. I'm telling you, when I was growing up, it was so twangy. You know, somebody like uh, Kitty Wells, who, poor thing, mm, loved me some Kitty. What was Kitty Wells' big song? It Ain't God He Made Honky Tonk Angels. I know that's right, honey. <laughs> she was such a twang. I think growing up early on, country music always seemed to have such a twang. We had a like a little garage band group meeting on Fridays. Oh, um, Lord. Well, we did. Anyway, one of the neighbors Wait, did. did. Did you have the little moonshine jug? And all? <laughs> <laughs> the country bear jamboree? <laughs> I think that was probably after the little ones went to bed. So. <laughs> but Mr. Uh, Miss Daphne and Mr. Curtis Owens hosted a, a garage band every Friday. There'd be a steel guitar and banjo and uh drums guitars that is so cute it is i hated it growing up now i would love to do you would be right there i was too young yeah you know it's one of those things and honestly some of them uh i think uh carson coontz had had a a minor hit in nashville so of course he was the star yeah whatever so but it was you know it was a local gathering when you uh, were young you were telling turn it down i'm trying to watch (laughs) angie dickinson and police woman Probably. <laughs> My stories is on. Right. The Miss America pageant's on. Y'all hold it down now. <laughs> I agree, actually. For me, growing up, I was never really a country music fan. I was more into Prince, Janet Jackson, any of the divas like Cher and Celine Dion and all of those. Anything pop, top 40, all of that. And I never really listened to country music. And it wasn't until probably maybe 10, 12 years ago. Danny, you know, I, mm, I yeah. just started... Developing an appreciation for it. And I agree. I, if I were to, if I could go back now to some of those like Friday night garage band events and stuff like that, that would sound like a lot of fun now. But growing up wouldn't be anywhere near it. No, it, it was just different, you know, and it's, 
it's one of those things that you didn't see it on television, not when I was young. Now, by the time you guys came along, Hee Haw was an institution on television. And so it was a little more mainstream, not completely mainstream. But, you know, Hee Haw, excepting for wrestling, Hee Haw is the longest running syndicated show in television history. So there was that period, I think, in like the mid to late 70s when country or hillbilly became kind of very popular, like with Hee Haw and like the Dukes of Hazard. Yes. It was this whole popular, th- I think probably Deliverance had something to do with it, where I think the American culture became very interested in like the Appalachia region of America. Yeah, and the music. I think it also became a lot more mainstream. You had uh, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers having number one hits, and they were both country artists who were having number one hits on the pop chart. So it made it very different. Crossover. Made, yeah, yeah, you had uh, Reba McIntyre. They were people that had been great stars in country music who were becoming great stars in popular music all across the board. And I think it took country music in a very different direction. But then I, I also look back and I say, you know, people like Loretta Lynn, who really pushed the envelope so very much. Um, she wrote songs about modern women in the 60s and 70s. Okay, so I want to talk about Loretta Lynn. Because here's the thing about Loretta that I love so much. And I think during the late 60s, the 70s, mid-70s, a lot of country songs were kind of campy. You yes, know, there was yep. a whole lot of divorce, had D-I-V-O-R-C-E. You know, there was a whole lot of that. And there was a whole lot of like, you know, my woman stole me out, that kind of thing. But Loretta Lynn was, for me, the queen of campy song titles. <laughs> yes. I mean, she's got, if you're looking at me, you're looking at country. Absolutely. <laughs> you ain't woman enough to take my man. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, you're the reason our kids are ugly with Conway Twitty. <laughs> And they were doing fun duets and having a good time, and they genuinely liked each other. She had a song, uh, Don't Come Home a Drinking with, with Love and on, on Your Mind, mind honey. <laughs> and those were songs, you know, those things, and even as campy as D I V O R C E, it had never been sung about before right. that song. And these were things that were bringing the American country woman. Out of the kitchen, so to speak. Well, and I think the song that probably did that the most was her song from 1975, The Pill. Yes. Um, I just wanted to read a little lyric from this, which is my favorite. Come on, bring it. This old maternity dress I've got is going in the garbage. The clothes I'm wearing from now on won't take so much yardage. Oh. Mini skirts, hot pants, a few little fr- fancy frills. Yeah, I'm making up for all those years since I've got the pill. Yeah, all right now. All right. <laughs> and a girl. Well, and that was um, her record label said no. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm and sure. And she yes. said yes. And they said no. And she said, okay, then I just won't record anymore. And they said, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, it will be yes, because this is something that's near and dear. And it's, I mean, she had 87 children for heaven's sake. I think she has five or six or seven. I mean, well, which I think she, ad- she addresses in her 1972 hit, One on the Way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah. Not only was it a great song, it was a movie, yep. and then it's been redone as a duet and a quartet and a 87 million choir people. I mean, it has just been redone and redone. It's such a great song, and she always gives it such respect. For the longest time growing up when I was small because of the movie, I thought Sissy Spacek was Loretta Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there's also Tammy Wynette. All right. <laughs> Love some Tammy. Stand are by you, your man. Are you listening, Leslie Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> if you squint your eyes real tight. She looks oh, just like, like Tammy. <laughs> In the younger years. <laughs> oh, my God. What a great movie. I swear uh, my favorite Dale line is, is by so knowing you were coming out of one flat. <laughs> <laughs> Sit her in the head. Sit her in the head, Wardale. <laughs> oh, so what about Jesus. Tammy? <laughs> Sorry, I went tangents. But I was really surprised that Tammy Wynette came out with Justified and Ancient when she joined KLF. Oh, uh, yeah, honey, the song. early 90s. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 30 91, years ago. Wow. Yeah, let's let's say 91. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't born yet. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, I just remember it because I remember where I was before I got to California. So that's why I kind of remember the year for the most part. That's Penitentiary. <laughs> Dan was in Florida. <laughs> 88 So right in the middle of it. <laughs> but anyway, I was surprised because for me, that was the first time I ever really saw a country music artist team up with someone in a different music genre and do a song that was actually really great. And her her voice and that twang just came through and they obviously, you know, punched it up a little bit. And it just, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a fun, kitschy great song. Absolutely. That, and yeah. then she, she participated in the video, which was mm-hmm. a whole lot of fun. Like, yep. It really put her back in public eye outside of people that were just fans of old country music. Right. And, and then, she sang that divorce song, D I V O R C. She did. Yeah. She did. And stand by your man. Which, of course. Right. Well, that's, yeah. that's legendary. Yeah. Absolutely. And she was, you know, she was married to George Jones for a long time. And here's how the public gets very invested. I remember when she and George Jones split up. And it was just like, oh, my God, it's like our neighbors are getting a divorce. People were so angry at the two of them because they were getting a divorce. And it's like, you know, life happens. Yeah. I remember that a lot through the 70s and 80s and ni- even yeah, into yeah. the 90s somewhat. Well, and there, there was such a big push uh, in churches for there to be no divorce. And so when you had country music artists getting the divorce or separating, it was just it was tough for a lot of people to reconcile with. But you know what? I It's just like, if that ain't your person anymore, it's time to move on. Who yeah. wants to sleep in the same bed? And of course, Beverly G'Angelo, right. coal miner's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have to break, base everything on that movie. Yeah, exactly. I, have to, I love it's Beverly G'Angelo. the center force of your entire universe. Exactly. <laughs> she is just a mess, and I love it. But I think we'd be remiss to not talk about Dolly Parton when we're talking well, about Well, I was music. waiting. I mean, well, it probably goes without saying, but there is a woman who has forged a path that uh, is almost unheard of given the time that she was coming up and sort of establishing herself and all the work that she's done. And God, she, she's got her hands in everything. Yeah. And she just really is one of the most amazing human beings out there, but also a very talented musical artist. She's a songwriter. She uh, she plays how many different instruments? Does anybody know? Four, five, six. Yeah. I mean, it, she's incredibly talented. It, yeah, she is. And it's amazing. And um, I don't know if you guys have listened to the podcast Dolly Parton's America. No. No. It's really great. I highly recommend checking it out. It is actually Dolly Parton's doctor's son's podcast. So she, he has access to her uh, and to her uh, family home up in the Tennessee mountains and her family and all of that. It's actually really, really good. And there's a lot of insight into Dolly in that podcast. Were you in Tennessee? Did you go to Dollywood? 
I did. It was a lot of fun. I really did. She, there's a statue of her in downtown Sevierville that I think is so cute. It's, it's her and a guitar, and it's just uh, you see how petite she is because it's a life size statue, oh. and it's it's just oh, wow. so cute. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of Dolly in that area. Yeah, and her imagination library just inspires me so very much. I mean, they've millions of books well, I'm for sure, free. You, and I think that's probably why there is so much love for her there is because she puts so much money back into the community. Yes. Not only there, but the world. But I in mean, the world. You know, in the world, course. yeah. We have her to thank for a great big donation to Moderna for the COVID-19 vaccination. I mean, and she, we all got our Dolly vaccine. Yeah, we did. We uh, I got a lot of shit for saying Dolly juice. So anyway, <laughs> oh, we were Dolly yeah, we knocked up really or gross. something. <laughs> knocked up with Dolly juice. That's just nasty, girl. Uh, whatever. Jake nasty. was just talking about spoiled pants or something. What was it? <laughs> Sour britches. <laughs> Sour britches, spoiled pants. I just don't see the difference. So <laughs> Leaky Dolly juice. Oh. Ew. So speaking of Dolly and yes. going into like new country, first. Dolly Parton was the first artist to have a number one single with both her original and a re-record of a song. Do you know who number two is? Oh, I don't. Oh. Taylor Swift. Oh, oh wow. Really? <laughs> yep. So Taylor. She's had a number one with the same song? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's Just recently, right? No. So which one yeah. is it? Say so again. what was Dolly's? I Will Always Love You. Oh, wow. And Taylor's was Love Story. That is so amazing. You know, he... None of us have been drinking today, and this episode (laughs) is a fucking hot mess. (laughs) Maybe that's the problem. (laughs) Uh, So, speaking of uh, new country, there's a lot of new artists that I love. Uh, Keith Urban, who I think is really great, also married to... um, Nicole Kidman. (laughs) Keith Urban, who I think is really great, also married to Nicole Kidman. Uh, And also, one of my favorites is Leanne Rimes. I think she is fantastic such a magical voice i mean how do i live she actually had the song how do i live was out at the same time performed by her and then also once by trisha yearwood oh wow i've never seen that done before in music not country music or even any kind of music where two artists did the same song in a row but i will always having love them both i love leanne's even more i think she's fantastic that was a very big thing in soul music in the 60s where Several artists would record the same song and it would all be out at the same time. Usually the record label with the most money, their song went a little further. And have you seen Leanne Rimes' husband, Eddie Cibrian? <laughs> <laughs> Call me Eddie. <laughs> I wouldn't if Can't I were you, Eddie. Moonlight, Eddie. <laughs> uh, <see. laughs> Can't fight the moonlight, Eddie. Can't fight the moonlight. And of course, we have to talk about Katie Lang. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, Katie Lang was very... Katie Lang was very fortunate that she forged a musical career. And I think everyone must have assumed she was a lesbian, but except for the people that thought she was a man. Right. (laughs) (laughs) She is so darn talented. She was able to get through forging a great career and she has uh, certainly been an icon. And, you know, sorry. Well, I just, I've noticed um, in talking about new countries, music stars, two of them that you mentioned are uh, not American. One's Australian, one's Canadian, so definitely country has come, come a long, a long, long way. Yeah. Yep. 
I found a lot of enjoyment by listening to newer up-and-coming artists as well. And one of my favorites right now is Chris Hausman. Now, Chris Hausman is from uh, a little town in Kansas who he now lives in Nashville. He's a country music artist, and he has this song that came out last year called Red State Blue Neck. Uh, and cute. yeah, it's, it's really, it's a really great song that went, was, Came kind of a hit, um, but he's got this tagline in the song that uh, talks about diversity and equality throughout the industry. And that tagline is, y'all means all. And it's really great because Chris is actually gay. He identifies as a gay man. And, uh, you know, to have someone, and he's out. So to have someone, a gay artist that's out and in country music is something that we didn't always see growing up. But we certainly didn't see it growing up. I think nowadays... With inclusion and people claiming their own lives for themselves, we see a lot more of that. It seems like there's a lot of gay and queer people in country music now. There's smaller artists, but they're certainly making a lot of headway in an industry that was certainly not accepting of gay people at all for the longest time. That's interesting that Y'all Means All is from him, because Miranda Lambert actually has a single out right now called Y'all Means All, which is like the theme song for this new season of Queer Eye, because it takes place in Texas. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm curious if that is related in any way. Well, it could be, and I think also there was a festival that Leslie Jordan was in, and uh, Mississippi that was y'all means all or something. So maybe that's a big tagline for Well we should what's take it on. too. We're gonna you know what y'all means all. The queer magnolia said it Let's here. Let's just call the episode out <laughs> y'all means all. The queer magnolias might not have been first, but we're the most influential with y'all means all. We're the latest. <laughs> we're the latest and the greatest. Well and and crossovers like Old Town Road with yes. Billy Ray oh, and yes. X. You know, and that was the longest running number one song on the charts since 1958. So, I mean, country music wow. has been going, has been, yeah, it evolved. has, it has, mm-hmm. inclusive, you know. There's a, uh, an out, uh, gay man named Matt Lovell who has, uh, a CD entitled Nobody Cries Today. And that's also one of the songs on the CD. And it is probably my favorite song from last year, or I became, I, it became known to me last year. I just love his voice, and I like that song particularly. Well, um, he's kind of easy on the eyes, too, honey. Well, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he is, and there's a lot of that. We had our friend Tommy Atkins on from England. Tommy! And then there's a woman that I've mentioned before, and you guys know, uh, Amethyst Kia. Love Amethyst. Somebody I saw uh, in 2008 in Johnson City, Tennessee, at their first Tri-Cities Gay Pride. Mm. And she performed, and she is just amazing. Um, I love her song, Black Myself. It just speaks volumes. I, I we have a We have a situation in today's world where where country music is becoming more accepted. And within country music, the industry itself is becoming more accepting of all people. And that's amazing. There's also Jake Blounts, who is a bluegrass musician and artist. Uh, he lives in D.C., but uh, he is also an activist as well through his music. And he is someone that came onto my radar last year as well, I think through uh, Country Queer Radio. And he's been he's got some interesting, uh, lovely music out there as well. But in addition to country music artists that are queer, 
allies have come a long way as well. And I know one of your favorite artists happens to be a really big LGBTQ ally. That's true. Again, we're going to bring it back to Taylor Swift, yeah. who I adore. <laughs> um, I think she she is one of the biggest crossover artists that have ever had that's ever come along. Like she, I think, probably paved the way for so many crossover artists today because she began her career as a country artist. Um, her family had believed so much in her musical talent that when she was 14, her father transferred his job to, for them to be able to move to Nashville. Oh, nice. And two years later, her, her debut album was out, okay, which was a huge success on the country music charts. Two years later, she released her second album, which is where her crossover career really began. It was still very much a country album, but Love Story, which we already talked about as her, the re-record, okay. becoming also a number one, was number one on both country charts and it hit the pop charts as well. Um, 2009 was when she won her best female video from the MTV Music Awards, which of oh, course wow. was infamously interrupted by Kanye West uh, going on stage. Kanye. She's in the Guinness Book of World Records a couple times for being like the fastest selling digital album by a female artist. Wow. Um, sell, you know, album sales that have just rocketed through the roof the minute they're released. I think she's phenomenal and she's not just a singer. She's such an amazing songwriter. She writes a lot of songs, not just for herself, but she writes songs still for country music artists. Um, and she's just such a powerful presence politically for, she's a huge for standing up for women, for standing up for artists. She changed the way that Apple Music and Spotify pay their artists royalties because they were paying them so little. That's right. She was going to pull her entire catalog and they, they came around to what she wanted. Good. Uh, I think she's tremendous. And she's of course a huge supporter of the LGBTQ community. So th there's nothing she can do that I think is wrong. <laughs> well, and you know what? I think that's a wonderful thing too, because you know, when someone stands up for us and we like them and then we turn around and stand up for them, that's the way it should be. Yeah. So I applaud Taylor and your love of her. Thank you. I, I will say this about Taylor. I was never really a fan, but it was because I never really kind of stopped to find out her story, listen to her music or any of that. Until about a couple of years ago, we were looking to do something with her at work on a big project which we ended up doing, actually. Um, but I had to do a deep dive into all things Taylor Swift. So I, I started with the documentary that was on Netflix mm -hmm. and then really kind of uh, spent an entire weekend just going through everything Taylor Swift. I came out of that on Monday morning, the biggest Swifty fan on the planet. I could probably take you toe-to-toe -to -toe if you want. Wow. Let's don't. Let's don't. Let's don't. <laughs> no, but I was, I was really impressed. I actually did become a fan after that. That's just because I respected her. That's exactly how I became a Taylor fan as well. Uh, I didn't think anything very much of her. I mean, I had actually kind of was like, whatever, Taylor Swift, who cares? And I feel like a lot of people felt the same way. And then, what, you know, George said, oh, she writes her music. I said, really? She doesn't, she doesn't, you know, just perform uh, songs and music that other people have written for her. And then I found out she writes all of her music and she's so involved into it. And then I started really listening to it. I'm like, okay, I, I, I totally <laughs> yep. see where now this you is. Get now I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, she plays piano. She plays banjo. She plays ukulele. She plays guitar. Mandolin too. I'm yeah. Sure, yeah. So, and, yeah. and for a while, I think there was a stigma because she wasn't, she wasn't always out, you know, and 
forward to necessarily the LGBT community and her political beliefs. She was very torn between her old world and her new world. And then once that flower blossomed, I think everything totally changed. It's true. She talks about having coming from the country music world and being so young yeah. when her first album came out that, you know, she was the nice girl. You right. know, she always played fair. She always played along with the reporters. She didn't give her political opinions. She stayed in her little box until until it came till Trump became president and things started happening which is like I can't stay quiet anymore I can't st- I can't not talk about women's rights to choose I and that's when she just came out as a full force politically and she has been nonstop ever since and that's covered in the documentary and it's such a powerful scene in the documentary because you they cover it so well in that all the people around her are telling her – and it was all in a tweet or an Instagram, I think. It was an Instagram post mm-hmm. or something. And she – it was, do I post it or not? Do I post it or not? Do I post it or not? And right. everybody around her was like, no, 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 She no. does. And she's on the she, couch with her mom and yeah. somebody yeah. else. And she's like, fuck. And she hits the button and hits send. And then she's like uh, – she tells the story. It's like It just blew up and became like the biggest, most positive thing that she had done. And it really changed the, the uh, trajectory of her career. After that, the documentary is Miss Americana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. So, yeah. so and what the the race that really brought her out against it was Marsha Blackburn running for Senate in Tennessee in twenty eighteen. In twenty eighteen, because she was so anti everything that Taylor stood for, and of course it was Tennessee, which Taylor considers home. Yep. And so that's what she's like. I can't be quiet anymore. Thank goodness. I mean, she really did so much to push out young people going out and voting, getting, you know, get involved. Yes, that was I mean, huge. Yeah. Sadly, huge. Marsha Blackburn still won. But it was. Well, it is Tennessee. But, so. And, you know, and for it to be Tennessee, which was such the home base for so many of her fans, and she still has a huge amount of fans in the country music world. This is saying, I might lose all these fans because I'm going to say this politically. I'm going to have this opinion that's going to go completely, completely against what so many people who were in my fan base are going to believe. And before that, you have the Dixie Chicks, who are now the Chicks, uh, and Natalie Maines, who, yes. uh, you know, laud, they lost their entire following just because of one uh, off-the-cuff comment that she made at a concert On stage, overseas. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, she had everything to lose as a result. Anyway, we were not going to turn this podcast into a political, political thing ever. Right. So uh, we're going to change the subject. And But uh, music does that, right? That's right. Well, well that's sure. true. I mean, that's art. That's what and, art does. And country music is such a southern staple. I mean, well, what I, is the I, South of you know country music? A, you know what else is a staple? What? A cocktail. Oh. 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 Outside. Oh. Oh. I'm trying well, to transition we... outside. God damn it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's hit the front porch. Let's then. do it. All right. I know my mouth's dry. Uh, more to come. Bye, y'all. Welcome back to the front porch, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> To take you back to Tennessee, Dan. <laughs> all the way back. Man. All the way back. A picking and a grinning. We picked this song just for you. Dueling banjos, right? <laughs> yes. Dum dum. Hot outside today. <laughs> Warm out today. <laughs> Ain't it? Warm yesterday, too. Even warmer tomorrow. <laughs> Y'all got a broom straw? I got something between my teeth. What teeth? <laughs> the summer teeth. The summer teeth, yes. It's in the back, too. <laughs> right, I'm going to stop. <laughs> point, point made. <laughs> All right, so we start over. 
Uh, no, I think we should just uh, keep you going. Should keep that. You yeah. should just keep all right, going. Fine. Great, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> Welcome out to the front porch, Al. We can leave the country music behind us now, huh? That's it. <laughs> Maybe. Not really. Right. <laughs> it's in you, honey. It's in you. So, what are we drinking? Oh, uh, yeah. uh, we. So, we've had a couple of requests for something non-alcoholic. So, we have a country bramble today. It's made with pure blackberry juice and lemon, fresh squeezed lemon, and some club soda. And it's completely non-alcoholic. So, oh, I'm uh, out of here. I'll see y'all <laughs> next week. I guess I'll be drinking alone for this minute. And if you put vodka in it, it's really delicious. <laughs> well, no, there is that. I mean, I think that's the whole thing about a mocktail or a cocktail that doesn't have alcohol. You try to make it so in case somebody needs to take their flask out of their purse and pour a little in, they can. So no judgment. Well, I, I think the way I originally envisioned that was we actually have a cocktail and then there's a mocktail version that we can post somewhere in the socials. I didn't mean to actually show up with something without alcohol in it. Well, you know, it might be for your best. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you will find one to talk, Lucille. <laughs> Here I am with 400 children and a crop in the field. <laughs> you picked a fine time to leave me. <laughs> All I kept thinking about is if I was her, I'd leave too if there were 400 children. But then I later learned it was four hungry children. I'm like, see, like, fuck 400 children. I'd have been gone Lucy a long busy, time ago. <laughs> Lucy blew away in the wind, girl. <laughs> She'd been wrung out. Drafts. Ah, Lord. Who sang that? Do we know? Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Oh, oh it was yeah. Kenny Rogers, the, the gambler, gambler, honey. <laughs> Islands in the stream. Islands in the stream. Yes. And what's Kenny doing now? I feel like I heard a new song from him not long ago. It was a new Christmas song. That's what it was. It was that a new Christmas sense. song. I heard. That makes sense. Now that his roasters are no more. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're gone. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about today? Jake, did we retire the honeypot? What is it now? I told you the honeypot is in the hospital because it's been, it's had some <laughs> hands stuck in it. <laughs> Mended and repaired, honey. <laughs> well, I think we should talk about something near and dear to our heart. Maybe a man in uniform, a police officer, or a fireman or something like that. What y'all think about? Jake. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure why you keep throwing this to jake honestly you're the one am i pulling it out of the honey (laughs) well i mean men in uniform cops get pullover stories (laughs) oh pulled over stories well there is that (laughs) rick you are so ridiculous Well, I do have some stories. I I'm, sorry I'm shocked. I'm sorry there's no vodka in Rick's country bramble. He's going to be on a roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not exactly vodka, let's say that. Okay. Uh-huh. Well. who? <laughs> right. Well, Rick, tell us one of your stories. Well, I have quite a few. Oh, <laughs> God. So, uh, getting pulled over by the cops. All right. Um, my favorite story... Oh, Lord, there's more than one. Oh, God, I have it. Girl, what is your arrest record? I have so, actually, I got out of half of them, I think, but not all of them because I get a little, I get a little snippy sometimes. It took me, it took me about 15 years to learn the best thing I can do is shut up. Mm -hmm. So, 
She's learned that. <laughs> She's learned that lesson. I think it's, forgot it's hard, it more times than he learned it. So I there's a couple of different ones. Let's see. Uh, I, I'll start with the first. I'll do them in order. So this is when I was living in San Diego, and I remember one night I was coming out of a club. It's pretty late, one thirty maybe in the morning or whatever. Uh, and I get in my car and I'm parked in this uh, like. Uh, spot stall on the street and i pull it back out of the stall and i flip across the uh the road and go in the opposite direction and this cop pulls me over and he's like do you know what you're doing and i was like i don't have a clue <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like well you crossed a simulated median and i looked at him without skipping a beat and i was like simulated what where i come from we have real ones and he was like bitch you get the ticket <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> Simulated. simulated. <laughs> he had to look that up on Google. What the fuck is simulated? <laughs> oh, well, that was nice. Uh, well, not nice. No, he did, it wasn't he, did, nice he didn't arrest you. Look, you well, were coming out of a club at 1.30 in the morning, well, and you, you popped know, a bitch in the middle of the street. In hindsight, you're exactly right. I'm like, I should count my chickens. Yeah. You so. should count your blessings, huh? Mm-hmm. Stan, did you ever get pulled over in Tennessee? I, you know, so I didn't get pulled over in Tennessee at all. You know, I'm white and I, I have a Mercedes. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> old white man in Mercedes, leave him alone. He can afford the ticket. Let's get someone who can't afford it. With all her earthly possessions <laughs> hanging out the back. No. <laughs> so I did get pulled over in Oklahoma City. So everyone said when I moved to Tennessee in uh 2018, everyone said, be very careful when you're going through Texas. Do not speed. It's a speed trap. So during Texas, you know, I was doing my nails and going 55 and just being really, really good. But when I was getting into Oklahoma City, I wanted to see um, the Oklahoma City uh, art installation for where the Murrah building had been before it was bombed. And I assumed it was closing at six and it's like... A little after five, and I'm hauling ass, and I'm going 75 uh-huh. in Oklahoma City. <laughs> and it turns out that when you get to Oklahoma City, it drops down to 60. And I honestly remember well, the last bad, sign though. I saw, it's 15 miles over the speed limit. They take your license for that. So I've, the last sign I saw was 70 miles an hour, and this, and I'm in the left lane, and I'm booking. And this highway patrolman pulls me over. So we get to the side of the road. And all of my worldly possessions I was taking to Tennessee are in the car with me. So I put down all four windows, and this officer comes up. He's an African-American. He comes over to the passenger side of the car, and he says, tickets and license. And he said, where are you going? And I said, well, in this minute, I'm going to the art installation, but I'm moving to Johnson City. And he leans in the window, and he said, what's a nice, respectable white boy like you doing moving to Johnson City, Tennessee? (laughs) And I... My mouth fell open, and he said, son, do you know where you're going? Of course, I'm probably the same age he is. I just have blonde hair. And I said, well, yes, I'm moving to work there. And he said, I lived there for a while. I I hope you know what you're doing. You're coming from Los Angeles. I mean, this was Oh, wow. So he goes back, and he comes back, and he asked me about the speed limit and all this stuff. And I said to him, this is where I'm going. I know exactly how fast I was going. I'm not going to pull any punches. But I really thought the speed limit was 70. And he said, when you get to Oklahoma City, the entire city, the speed limit maximum is 60. He gives me my license back, and he said, you know what? I'm not going to give you a ticket. He said, but I have radioed your license plate number. Mm. If anybody sees you going 61, you will get a ticket before you leave Oklahoma City. (laughs) And he said, 
And I really wish you a lot of luck. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know. Oh. So, was he a good kisser? <laughs> <clears throat> they don't kiss on the first date. <laughs> I'm going back to Oklahoma City any day now. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Where the wind comes sweeping down the lane. Oh, unfortunately, I don't have those stories with those <laughs> Well, I have a story sort of like that. Okay. And you know that I only drove for like two years. That was it. Uh, two seconds. <laughs> Wait, many, did you, you many, got many, pulled many over in those two years? Is that why I you did. don't drive anymore? Well, exactly. <laughs> so it was late one night. I was coming home from a club. Um, and I was, and I remember exactly what I was wearing. It was all vintage. Jody so Foster and the accused. <laughs> <It was laughs> Jody Foster and taxi driver. <laughs> It was um, yellow, like yellow vintage bell bottoms and this cute, like car coat length, white Nehru collared, <gasps> sleeveless, like oh. frog closure. And it just had the buttons up here at the top. And it, was, it was so cute in platform shoes. So cute. I was so cute. And I'm driving home and I get pulled over. And now this is before I can even drink. So I'm not drinking. It's not like okay. I'm drunk or anything because this is, I was too young. Uh, she's going you know, to that, dance. that stops us You're all. from North Carolina. <laughs> Nobody believes this story, but go ahead, Annie. I was too young to purchase alcohol. To purchase. So I get pulled over and the cop is like, he takes my driver's license and he takes, you know, and he's like, um, have you been drinking? I'm like, no, I'm too young to drink. <laughs> and he's and he's looking at my license and whatever. And he's talking to me. He's like, well, you know, I pulled you over because you're, you're kind of swerving. And I was like, oh. And I was like, I, I don't, okay, maybe, I don't know. And he's like, well, I'm going to let you guys, like, you probably, you know, it could just be because you're the, your vehicle's old. Or it's like, you just haven't looked at, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, and, you know, do you need me to escort you home? How far do you have to go? And I'm like, oh, it's just down the road, whatever. And he's like, all right. Well, ma'am, have a lovely evening. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, officer. <laughs> that was the maybe, highlight of it, too. Right. <laughs> Lady. <laughs> maybe grandma and grandpa are asleep and you could escort me home. <laughs> Well, we could head out to the cemetery. Do you have any, you have any smokes on there? Oh, no, this was college. I lived alone at this point. So. I got my white rain. You got your Virginia <laughs> Slims. Let's go. Uh, oh, God. Well, I actually have another San Diego story. <laughs> A lot happened in San Diego. Obviously. Um, so this is on the five freeway coming up to LA one morning and I was in traffic and I just absentmindedly got behind this motorcycle cop and we kept going at sort of the same rate of speed. And I don't even know how fast I was going, honestly, but he was in front of me. So he actually moves over to the other lane, slows down, comes behind me, turns on the light, pulls me over. So when he pulls me over, he's like, do you know how fast you were going? I'm like, I don't have a clue. How fast were you going? And he did not appreciate that. I wonder why. <laughs> and needless to say, I got another ticket. Well, so, so for you children out there who may not know, if you're ever falling directly behind a police officer and you are not paying attention because they're, they're watching you, you they're, they're pacing, pacing you, you, and they will speed up to watch you speed up so they can give you a ticket. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's easy picking. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're literally setting yourself up. Precisely. <laughs> but it was early morning. I had barely had a cup of coffee. I really wasn't paying attention. I was just in that, traffic and going. And yeah, he was pacing me. I get it, but he did that not. That officer was lucky if he, you hadn't had much coffee. <laughs> he he, uh, <laughs> he might he have seen his like my response, I will say. Uh -huh. <laughs> did, you, so, did you Julia Sugarbaker? <laughs> 
and that, officer, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> so I have a story that's sort of in between the two of you. I, it was the morning of my 23rd birthday, and I had hooked up with... Um, I was back in Greenville, North Carolina, and I hooked up with a guy that I had dated. And so we were going back to his place, and um, I'd had a couple of drinks. And Shocking. I, right. And on country roads, you know, they curve and stuff. And, you know, the tires dipped off the side of the road. No big deal. It wasn't like I ran off the road. 12 inch shoulder. Right. <laughs> so anyway, he pulls me over and he asked me, had I been drinking? And I gave him the stupidest standard answer to anytime you tell a police officer two, they know it's a lot more than two police. Two is the number everyone says. So he said, okay. Well, fortunately for me, there was no breathalyzer in the car at that time. So I had to get in his car and he took me downtown. And on the way downtown, um, you stopped for drinks. We stopped, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so he said a couple of things to him. And I said, I have a question for you. And he said, yes. And I said, will crying help? And he said, not really. And I said, then good. I'm not going to waste my tears. Let's go. Oh. And I, because at this point, I just had resigned myself. But somebody had said, oh, it's the amount of oxygen in your blood. I have never breathed so deeply in my entire <laughs> life. And I missed uh, I missed uh, DUI by uh, just mere points, but I attributed wow. to my good Your breathing. Your deep breathing, honey. <laughs> deep yeah. breathing. I'm sure and, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and the fact that I would not cry for him. Fuck him. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Uh, <laughs> or Greenville, North Carolina. Oh, right. Greenville. <laughs> I've been pretty lucky. I have not been pulled over a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> I do remember one time, it was, this was even before I had a driver's license. I was 16. Uh, I had a car, of uh, 17, excuse me. I had a car waiting for me. It was a little, my first car was a Mazda. It was at my dad's house. Um, I was spending the night there, and this is also before I came out. So I was doing a lot of discreet DL things on the internet. Well, as one might. And... I remember talking, chatting with this guy, and I was going to go and meet up with him. It was one o'clock in the morning. Mm. It was on, honey. Yeah, right? Like Donkey Kong. And um, so I just remember taking the vehicle. So everyone was asleep. I took the keys. I went in the car. I pulled the e-brake, and I pushed the car out in the alley so I wouldn't wake up. Attaboy! <laughs> I love it. And... I turned the car on. I I didn't think this all the way through because I still was not familiar in driving manual vehicle, and it was stick shifts. All right. This was actually the the second time I got behind the car, and Ooh. I decided not only was I going to drive, I'm going to drive in the main streets, and I'm going to get on the freeway. Oh! <laughs> so all of a sudden, I see Alicia Silverstone. Uh, <laughs> so I got the I stalled out a couple times because there was a little alley that that. That I had to, you know, take the car out of. So I saw it a couple times in the alley. And then when I really, I got the hang of it. I was like, That's okay. right. It takes a minute. I got onto the main street and it was, you know, it was late. There was not a whole lot of cars. So I'm driving and I'm getting, and I'm getting closer to the freeway and I'm slowly getting more and more nervous. Aww. Um, it was, yeah, because I was like, I'm going to get on this freeway and I don't even know what gear to get into to get fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the freeway entrance and looking right on so there's a stop sign and i was gonna get on the freeway and i decided i can't do this i can't so i chickened out and i turned around and i started heading back home and i caught a little bit more traffic there's a lot more people on the way back in 
And I looked in my rear view mirror and there was a cop behind me and I freaked out. I didn't oh. have a driver's license. Um, I had, I, I was stealing, I was drinking alcohol. Um, so I had, I was already buzzed. So I knew if I got pulled <laughs> over, I was going to get into big trouble. So what did I do? I decided to hang a huge right, right in front of the police officer. <laughs> and it was just this big old wide right turn. Simulated media. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And turned the lights on and pulled me over, and I was freaky. I was like, "I'm gonna go to jail. I'm gonna. This is." Did you sour your britches? I sour <laughs> my britches. And um, so he comes up to the window, and he's like, "You know, you know, you made a really wide turn right there." And I, so I just kicked into lie mode. I said, "I'm really tired." Um, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, "I'm coming home." He's like, "Where are you coming from?" I'm coming home from work. Um, and he's like, do you have your, your ID and your license? I said, I don't, um, I had the, the car had insurance and I had the title for it. So I showed him that and I said, but I'm, I'm just really tired. I'm really just trying to get home. And he just looked at me, he looked at the paper. He's like, just be careful. Do you need me to follow you? I said, no, 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 I'll be fine. Be careful. I don't want to see you again. And then he let Aww. me go. Did he call you ma'am? No, he didn't call you ma'am. <laughs> but I was really scared that I was going to get thrown in jail. <laughs> well, I've got one story similar to that, but I have one other story I want to tell about when I got my Mercedes. So when I first got my Mercedes, I was leaving work one afternoon, and where I work, that little strip of Surface Street is notorious for speed traps. But I wasn't paying attention. I was—I think I was meeting you somewhere in West Hollywood or something. Probably. And, and so I'm zipping down um, that little side street or whatever trying to get on the freeway and he pulls me over but it's not like he got behind me and turned on the light he's standing in a, like he's parked in this little shoulder area of the plane and he's pointing at cars and telling them to pull over i was like fuck you asshole <laughs> was it the dukes of hazard <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say he got on his little motorcycle Came after me. <laughs> pulled, he pulled me over, and uh, he was like, Do you "Excuse know how me, ma'am." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> was it Ponch or John? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. It was. It was John. Uh, but when he pulled me over, and he came up to the passenger side, so I put down the window. And by this time in my driving career. I had learned, shut up, don't say anything, shut up, don't say anything, shut up, don't say anything. And he comes up to the car and he's like, do you know how fast you were going? And I couldn't help it. And I looked at him and I was like, do you see this car? No, I don't know how fast I was going. Got myself a little ticket. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to tell one good story. Sorry. We can go out out on the good story. Does anybody have another one? Mm -mm. I do, but I feel like I've already told it. Well, do yours and then I'll come back. So I actually do have one more. I just remembered. See, I had so many. I think this is why I don't drive anymore. Because in the two years I drove, I had like three car accidents. Oh, PTSD, wow. Yeah, honey. so exactly. The first one was when I was in high school. And so I must have had the car like, I don't know, a few months. And I'm driving home from school. And I'm busy like playing with the radio or putting a tape in the tape. Whatever. Not paying attention to the road. And the person in front of me stops. I'm like, oh, no. Slam on the brakes. And then I swerve over into the ditch. I don't hit anybody. But, you know, your brakes lock and you go into the right. ditch. I guess that's what they call it. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm in the ditch. I'm like, oh. Defensive I'm- driving. Exactly. That's what you learned in driver's ed. That's what you were supposed to do. That's Rather than hit on- the car in front of you, you're supposed to swerve to the right. You know, so I had to take driver's ride. ed for two semesters. Somehow that does not surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> so the police come 
or the hi- whoever, Highway know, Patrol, Highway Patrol, whoever it is. And I'm really, really for real close to my home. And at this point, home is clearly with my grandparents still out in the country. Mm. Not Lukama, but it's not in the country. So exactly. So the driver's like, all right. I mean, the policeman's like, okay. So he's like, I'm going to drive you home. Cause I was so close. He's like, I'll drive you home. And we pull in like the driveway and where we lived, there was, it was surrounded by fields and the fields belonged to whoever the landowner was. And he had these big like barns where he stored a lot of his tractors and his equipment next to where we lived. Okay. So he's like, Oh, well, I'm sure your grandpa, we can get one of those tractors to kind of pull you out of the ditch and you'll be fine. So I'm like, oh, that sounds nice. And he's like, oh, so why don't you, sit, you know, send out somebody to talk to me? I'm like, so I go in and they're eating dinner. They're like, where have you been? I'm like, oh, the police brought me home. And they're like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, he wants Again. to talk to you. And so my grandpa goes out. To ask for your hand. <laughs> so my grandpa goes out and talks to the policeman. And of course, the policeman's looked at my driver's license. He's looked at my registration. He's looked at all that stuff. Talked to me for a while. Very nice. Super nice to me. Um, goes out my grandpa goes out and talks to him and grandpa comes back in after a little while and he was like that man told me that i needed to help my granddaughter get his car get her car out of the ditch (laughs) you know see i think everybody (laughs) i think everybody in eastern north carolina must have read nancy drew because george was her friend that was a girl (laughs) i'm like i don't understand okay I'm sure that beat back face had nothing to do with nothing, nothing, nothing. And that strong, and, and the you big giant purse sitting right? on the front car right. seat, <laughs> right. the strawberry shortcake purse, gunny sack. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious you ain't never had no good <laughs> that was a line oh <laughs> bags in the yeah back in you the gotta, day you gotta act it because you were applying makeup uh-huh. just looking in the mirror it's like, what's that straight eyebrow exactly. hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do have one more story about when i didn't get a ticket wow <laughs> and this one actually surprised me but it's only happened once uh this was actually I don't remember. It was when I had the BMW and had a license plate that had DreamWorks on it. Mm. And I was driving down some surface street, and I guess the speed limit must have been like 45. And I was probably doing like 70. I don't know. And uh, on my way to work one morning, and I get pulled over. And I so I pull over into this parking lot, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell. And um, again, it was at that point where it's like, just shut up, just shut up, just shut up, just shut up. Don't say anything. <laughs> roll down the window. Give me your driver's license. Give me your proof of insurance. And give him, you know, the registration to the car. So I roll down the window and I hand him all of this stuff. And he takes a look at it and he checks it and he's like, I just saw your license plate frame. Do you work at DreamWorks? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he's like, oh, I have a brother-in-law that works there. And I'm like, who? <laughs> so he tells me, never heard of the guy before. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I just had lunch with him last week. He's so freaking awesome. I can't believe he's your brother in law. Oh, and, somebody learned to give the spiel. Uh, <laughs> and so we do this whole back and forth, and he's like, just slow down. You were actually going about 35. Oh, oh, I was like, okay, yes. Yeah, sure. I thought he was going to be like, oh, I had the script I wanted to try. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for that, but no. And he just gave me a warning and sent me on my way, and I was like, okay. Right. That's like the first time in my entire driving go. career that's ever happened. And the last. Did you look that guy up? To go with the- <laughs> I did, actually. Turns out he was uh, in a uh, in some random ass department in another building. In another like, state. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On the East Coast. And they didn't go to lunch together. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, know, you know he went he went to dinner that weekend with uh with his brother in law. He's like, Oh, I pulled over this guy, you know what yeah, right. I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I let your best friend out of a ticket. Uh, exactly. <laughs> best friend. All right. 
All right, I guess we better head on in and put some vodka in your country right. bramble, because I see all of y'all frowning. I'm starting to amble on this bramble. <laughs> <laughs> well, as my Aunt Lucy never said, my ice cubes are not dry. Oh, shucks. <laughs> as my Aunt Lucy said, where's the fucking vodka? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess booze wins, y'all. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> all right, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, you guys. Bye. Thank you all for dropping in. And if you want more Magnolias, find us at Queer Magnolias on Twitter and at Queer Magnolias Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback. You can listen to us on Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcast, and anywhere else you might find a podcast. Thanks for listening.